Are you afraid to have Botox because you're worried that you may end up looking like the Joker from Batman? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Find out the truth about what you need to know to get a great result from your cosmetic Botox procedures on today's episode of This Old Tooth. Hello, everyone. You are listening to episode number 42 of This Old Tooth, a podcast devoted to providing you with honest, agenda-free information about how you can get and keep a beautiful, healthy smile for life. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Germain. On today's show, I will be talking about botulinum neurotoxin, also called Botox, and what you need to know so that your end results do not end up with you looking constantly surprised. Botulinum neurotoxin, also known commonly as Botox, is a purified protein derived from the bacterium Clostridium botulinum. On my last show, I discussed why this purified protein does not cause the disease botulism, and that is because the serum used for medical reasons today have had the bacterial component removed. Now, you may be wondering why a dentist would be talking about Botox. There are many reasons. However, dentistry today not only focuses on treating pathology and cavities, but there is an enormous amount of focus on the cosmetic benefits of dentistry. So it makes complete sense why a dentist would be very interested in what frames the teeth, which is the mouth and lips as well as the eyes, because people smile with their eyes. And after all, we are the smile doctors. In addition to that, dentists have intimate knowledge about the movement of the muscles of the face. And that is where Botox Cosmetic does its work. And in order for a clinician to provide you with an excellent cosmetic Botox result, they need to have extensive knowledge about how the muscles of the face actually work. Now, to put it in very plain language, I can tell you that what we need to know is mostly what goes up must come down. Let me explain. Botox is most often used on the creases that we get in our forehead and the frown lines that we get between our eyebrows. When we raise our eyebrows, we create those horizontal creases in our forehead. The action of raising your eyebrows is created by a lifting type muscle called an elevator muscle. So if Botox is injected into this elevator muscle, it will relax it, which will decrease the muscle's ability to elevate. Hence, when you don't elevate your eyebrows really high, you don't get the wrinkles in your forehead. On the other hand, frowning creates those vertical creases that we get between our eyebrows. Sometimes they're called 11s, sometimes people have 111s, sometimes people have 1011. But when you are frowning, you're actually using a depressor muscle. So the effects of the Botox are that when injected into that depressor muscle, it will elevate, opening up those vertical lines and essentially smoothing the skin because that muscle can't contract well either. But the tricky part is the fact that these two areas kind of play tug of war with each other. And since the muscles overlap underneath the skin, 
great care needs to be taken by the person who is doing the injecting to make sure that the balancing act creates a good cosmetic result. One of the biggest problems that I see is when too much Botox is placed in the elevator muscle to try to smooth the forehead out and actually results in the eyebrows being so depressed that they don't raise at all. This is called brow ptosis, but it is easy to correct. I have a cousin who says that she doesn't like to get Botox injections because it pushes her eyebrows down. Now, this is a very common adverse treatment result that occurs, but it is one that is easily fixed. The solution is kind of counterintuitive because less Botox needs to be placed in the elevator muscle. Again, remember, when you're putting the Botox in an elevator muscle, it will depress it. So in order to get less depression in an elevator muscle, you need to put less Botox in it. This will keep the eyebrows raised a little bit more, which is your desired result. She may have a few small creases remaining in her forehead, but the trade-off is that she will no longer have to lift her eyelids with her fingers to put on her eye makeup. And she will have a much better, more wide-eyed cosmetic result. So if this has ever happened to you, what you need to tell the doctor is, please put less in my forehead and more between my eyes. Now, of course, the opposite is true as well. To make the frown lines or the 11s go away, you could end up with a situation where you constantly look surprised. Because again, too much relaxation of the muscles that create the frown lines or the 11s between your eyes will result in an elevation that will pop your eyebrows up. Again, the solution is simple. Just a little bit more placed in the elevator muscle which will create a slight depression of the brow, which will in turn put your eyebrows back in a much more neutral position. What your practitioner should be aiming for is actually selective relaxation of those muscles to give you a balanced and natural look. The objective is not to get rid of every wrinkle, because in truth, A, that's not the point, and B, it's not possible with Botox, but it certainly works very, very well to smooth a lot of them out. It is of paramount importance that you receive Botox injections from a trained and experienced healthcare professional in a sterile, well-equipped medical facility to avoid unwanted effects. The person injecting your Botox should evaluate your face and the muscles that are moving and creating the wrinkles to determine what dosage they think might be right for you. Botox procedures are not one size fits all, and the dosages for each person varies widely. It also is important that your practitioner talks to you about what you can expect and is receptive to a two-week follow-up appointment to evaluate the effects of the Botox treatments. It takes several days, even up to two weeks, to see any effects at all from the Botox once it is injected. 
And so if you see the practitioner two weeks later, you should have a pretty good idea as to whether or not the amount of Botox that you have been given has given you that good balance. That way you'll know for next time whether you need a little bit more or a little bit less in certain areas. The good news is that if you get one of those adverse treatment results, like browtosis, the negative effects will wear off within three to four months. There are many different factors that affect how long the Botox cosmetic would last, including your age, the elasticity of your skin, the depth of your wrinkles, and how often you move the muscles, because the more you move them, the quicker it will wear off. In addition to that, sun exposure and heat exposure tend to decrease the longevity of the results. Really recommended that you don't have Botox any more often than every three to four months because you can build up an immunity to it. Perish the thought. One of the most common misconceptions of Botox cosmetic injections is that it leaves you looking worse than before you started. Well, the truth is that I always take a picture of somebody in advance, like the very first time they come to my office, both at rest and also with them moving the muscles that I'm going to inject. That way we have a baseline photograph. And most of the time when I show it to the patients, what they say is, wow, the Botox made me look so good. I didn't realize how bad I looked before. There are many other muscles in the face that cause wrinkles, and like the ones I discussed, successful results depend on evaluation of the muscle movement, the depth of the wrinkle being created, the age of the patient, elasticity of the skin, and the practitioner's skill at creating balance. In truth, it also depends on you managing your own expectations about what it can and cannot do for you. I can tell you that it works the best in the upper part of the face. When you start putting Botox around the mouth and the lips to get rid of the lip wrinkles and marionette lines, your smile can end up being a bit crooked, at least temporarily. And it also can affect your ability to open and close your lips, but it will not make your lips bigger. The photos that you see on the internet of people with those blown up lips most likely have had too much dermal filler injected into them. While dermal filler can be an amazing smoother of wrinkles in the lower part of the face, it is again important that you have it placed by a skilled practitioner, or you too could end up with duck lips. (laughs) But I will save the dermal filler details for another show. On my next show, I will talk about the various therapeutic uses of Botox and focus on how it has helped so many of my patients get pain relief from their TMJ disorders. And now for a fun fact. Yes! With its 20-inch long teeth, a hippo could bite a small boat in half. If you have any questions about your dental health, you can contact me on my website, thisoldtooth.com. And until next time, thank you for listening. And remember, be true to your teeth or they will be false to you.